Hello, word nerds. Welcome to this podcast called The Dictionary. We are at the end of page 234. 234. Uh, if you would be so kind, please let other people know that that you, that you are learning lots of things just by listening for about 15 minutes a day. It's a, it's the quickest quickest class ever. Um, you know, you can uh, you can uh, what what can you do? What 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 can you do? What can you do? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at DictionaryPod. It's all one word, at DictionaryPod. I post pictures of visual things that get talked about in this podcast, and sometimes I will add a a semi-funny comment or an interest. I don't know. I'll maybe ask you a question, and you can answer it. Uh, you can email me, DictionaryPod at gmail.com. Leave me a voicemail at my Google Voice number, which is in the show notes. Um, I have a YouTube series where I teach you how to say things backwards phonetically, and that is, uh, good for my brain and good for your brain, and it's kind of fun and interesting thing to do. That means nothing, just like this podcast. It means nothing. Um, is that all I gotta say? I think that's all I gotta say. Let's, let's talk about the words. The first one is clothesline. Clothesline. First form, noun from 1830. A line, as of a cord. On which clothes may be hung to dry. Second form of clothesline, transitive verb from 1964. To knock down, as a football player, by catching by the neck with an outstretched arm. I feel like wrestlers, I think a wrestler would be more common than a football player. Uh, yeah, they're running. You stick out your arm, you hit them in the neck, and they go down. That is a clothesline. It's as if. Your arm was the clothesline. All right, next we have clothes moth. Two words, noun from 1753. Any of several small yellowish or buff colored moths uh, whose larvae eat wool, fur, and feathers. That's why they're called clothes moth, because they like to eat your clothes. Uh, The scientific names are Tinea pelionella and Tiniola biseliella, biseliella, and they are of the, of the family tin, Tiniadae. Close enough. Next, we have clothes peg. Two words with a hyphen. Clothes peg or clothes peg, noun from 1825. It is British, and the synonym is clothespin, which is our next word, noun from 1833. A forked piece of wood or plastic or a small spring clamp used for fastening clothes on a clothesline. And in the the film world, these gets these get used a lot because they're very convenient small clamps. Um, but they're called, and, and now I'm going to f- forget what they're called. But it's like so, oh, geez, C52, C53. What is it? No, no, okay, I'm sorry, but I have to look this up because I this is a thing that I should know. Clothespin, type it correctly, clothespin film term. Here we go. C47. I was I was in the 50s. I was in the 50s, but it's right. For some reason, it's called a C47. So that's you 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 now learned a new thing. In the film industry, clothespins are called C47s. Moving on. Two. Clothes press. Noun from 1713. A receptacle for clothes. Next is 
let's see. Clothier or clothier. C-L-O-T-H-I-E-R. Clothier. Noun from the 14th century. One who makes or sells clothing. Next is clothing. Noun from the 13th century. Garments in general. Just garments in general. Also the synonym covering. I am wearing clothing. You are probably also wearing clothing unless you are a nudist and you are, you like being nude and that's fine. Um, but, but then you're not wearing clothing. Next is cloth yard. Two words, noun from the 15th century. A yard, especially for measuring cloth. Specifically, a unit of 37 inches equal to the Scottish L and used also as a length for arrows. This is sort of blowing my mind. Well, so when I think of a yard, not like a house yard, but a yard, it's three feet, 36 inches. This one, a cloth yard, for some reason, is 37 inches. Um, and it's equi- equal to the Scottish L, which is E-L-L. Never heard of that. And they also make arrows in this length, 37 inches, cloth yard. Why, why, why would this be different than a regular yard? I mean, I don't think we should be using the yard at all because it makes no sense. Inches, feet, yards, miles. Why why aren't we on the metric system? I will never know. All right, moving on to clotrimazole or clotrimazole. Noun from 1970, an antifungal agent. C22H17CLN2. That's it. Next is clotted cream. Sounds appetizing. Noun from 1542. A thick cream made chiefly in England by slowly heating whole milk on which the cream has been allowed to rise and then skimming the cooled cream from the top. Called also Devonshire cream. They invented this in Devonshire. Clotted cream. All right, next is clotting factor. Two words, noun from 1960. Any of several plasma components that are involved in the clotting of blood. Compare to factor eight. It says V-I-I-I, so I assume that's factor eight. By the way, these plasma components could be fibrinogen, prothrombin, and thromboplastin. Next is, oh, here is that word that we had before. It is cloture, cloture, C-L-O-T-U-R-E. Where did we see this? It was a synonym. Uh, I think it was in the last episode. Here we go. It was for the word closure. It was the number four definition. So we're pronouncing it cloture. Noun from uh, 1871, the closing or limitation of debate in a legislative body, especially by calling for a vote. And cloture is also a transitive verb. This is from French, cloture, and it literally means closure. Yeah. And the last word for this episode is the first form of cloud, C-L-O-U-D. I love me some clouds. This is going to go a little bit onto the next page. Noun from the 14th century, one, a visible mass of particles of condensed vapor, as water or ice, suspended in the atmosphere of a planet, as the Earth, 
or moon? Does the moon have clouds? Maybe not our moon. Hmm, interesting. Uh, number two, something... Uh, I lost my place. Something resembling or suggesting a cloud as 2A, a light, filmy, puffy, or billowy mass seeming to float in the air, as in a cloud of blonde hair. Also as in a ship under a cloud of sail. 2B1, a usually visible mass of minute particles suspended in the air or a gas. 2B2, an aggregation of usually obscuring matter, especially in interstellar space. 2, what are we on? 2B3, an aggregate of charged particles as electrons. 2C, a great crowd or multitude. Synonym is swarm, as in clouds of mosquitoes. Thank you, no. Number three, something that has a dark, lowering, or threatening aspect, as in clouds of war. Also as in a cloud of suspicion. Four, something that obscures or blemishes, as in a cloud of ambiguity. Five, a dark or opaque vein or spot, as in marble or a precious stone. And six, the computers and connections that support cloud computing, as in storing files in the cloud. That is a very new way to use that word. Clouds are great. Maybe I should sing a song about clouds later. That's all the song I got. Um, clouds are just water. They're just water in the air, water particles. The water evaporates or gets up in the, into the air somehow, probably evaporation, and it accumulates and it accumulates. And because of the way that the, the earth is spinning, the clouds move to the east almost all the time, pretty much all the time, and they pick up more water. And then when they get so full and fat, they rain on you. All right, let us talk about this cloud illustration. There are 10 types of clouds and somehow I will try to describe them, but I don't think I will, I will do a very good job. So I might have to post a picture to Instagram. Um, number one is Cirrus, C-I-R-R-U-S. It's some very wispy clouds, and they're, they kind of curve up upwards. Yeah, that is Cirrus. Number two, Cirrostratus, also pretty wispy, but they're more in a straight line. Three is Cirrocumulus. Um, also still pretty wispy, but more, more, more rounded, I guess. Um, number four, altostratus. Also kind of wispy, but in pretty straight lines. Not sure how this is different from, uh, cirrostratus. We'll never know. Number five is altocumulus. Now, each of these parts of the word means something. Cirrus means something. Alto means something. Uh, and then the, the second part, stratus cumulus. I don't know what they mean. Maybe someday I'll learn. Anyway, five is alto cumulus. And this looks like a bunch of little, a bunch of little balls, kind of. Number six, strato cumulus. And uh, this is like, this is, this is like the typical cloud you see. It's a very large or a, a, a good sized ball of clouds that's, you know, bumpy and lumpy and not wispy. Great explanations. Number seven, Nimbostratus. Nimbostratus. Uh, so this one, it's got some rain coming down from it. It has a pretty flat bottom, 
and it's uh, kind of comes to a point on one end, but you know that's that they're all different. All the clouds are different. Um, and then no, let's see, number eight is just cumulus. This again is uh, kind of your typical fluffy cloud. Uh, how it's different from stratocumulus, I'm not sure. Um, I think the stratosphere it might have something to do with that. Maybe those are at different uh, different levels of the atmosphere, possibly. Maybe not sure. Number nine. Cumulonimbus. Now we had nimbostratus, and then now nimbus is the suffix cumulonimbus. Uh, this is um, the very fluffy, kind of tall. Like it instead of instead of going more left to right, it goes looks like a more up up to down, fluffy white cloud. And number ten is stratus. Again, this is wispy, more straight lines across. Um, and yeah, yeah, maybe this is at a different level in the atmosphere than the other ones. I don't know. I don't know. So the words were closed line, closed moth, closed peg, closed pin, closed press, clothier, clothing, cloth yard, clotrimazole, clotted cream, clotting factor, cloture, cloture, and cloud. I'll just pick cloud as the word of the atmos- the word of the atmosphere. Really? Is that what you said? The word of the episode. Uh, clouds. Is there a song with the word cloud in it? Oh, there's that uh, song from Les Mis. Castle on a Cloud. And I can't remember how it goes. Castle on a Cloud. Something. You, you know. Just imagine that, I've, that I'm singing it. All right. What are the holidays for today? Flag Day in Liberia. Independence Day uh, for Ukraine. International Strange Music Day. I like that. In the U.S., it is National Waffle Day. Yes, please. In Uruguay, it is Nostalgia Night. In Cusco, Peru, I believe that I would assume that's a town in Peru, it is Wilca Remy. Any other holidays that I missed? It is St. Bartholomew in the U.S., in Costa Rica, it is National Parks' Day. They get to celebrate me. Um, fun holidays. It is Can Opener Day. <laughs> I just love these ridiculous holidays. Um, it is International... This is not ridiculous. International Day Against Intolerance, Discrimination, and Violence Based on Musical Preferences, Lifestyle, and Dress Code. Uh, highly, highly specific, but also, again, we've seen a lot of these, uh, don't discriminate against somebody or be violent against somebody based on their musical preferences, lifestyle, and dress code. Um, and then, again, relatedly, maybe they like strange music. It's International Strange Music Day. It's also National Knife Day. The knives, the can openers, they're getting their day. It's National Pecan Pie Day, along with National Waffle Day. So, can you make a pecan pie with waffles? Oh, it's Pluto Demoted Day. Thank you, Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's a, it's, it's not the same kind of planet as the other planets. It's a different kind of planet. It's a dwarf planet, I think. It's fine. In my day, we had nine planets. Now the kids got eight planets. It's Shooting Star Day. Yes, August is a great month in the Northern Hemisphere to see shooting stars. So, go up and look for shooting stars. It's Vesuvius Day. It's Weather Complaint Day, William Wilberforce Day, and uh, let's just check this one real quick. 
Oh, Kobe Bryant Day. I assume it's his birthday. That was a that was a sad loss. All right. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, this is Spencer dispensing information. Goodbye.